Welcome to Athletes Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, where we've created a platform to help athletes and other alumni to network and connect within their alumni groups. And this show is specifically geared to helping athletes as they transition out of sports. We interview former college and professional athletes and talk about their journey out of sports. And just there's so many issues today between mental health and financial literacy. And we want to make a difference and teach and inspire athletes if there is, in fact, life after sports. And today we have J.R. Butler on with us, and he is the CEO and founder of The Shift Group. How you doing, J.R.? Good, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. So J.R. was a uh, hockey player at Holy Cross, and then like a lot of athletes, uh, myself included, uh, went into sales. Uh, but ultimately, he became the CEO and founder of Shift Group, and he's going to tell us all about that. So uh, J.R., I always like to talk about playing sports growing up, and how did that um, shape you leading up into college? Uh, so I grew up, my father was a high school hockey coach, uh, in Massachusetts. So I really grew up in the rink. Uh, I, I would say, you know, a lot of the, the, the ways that I approached life, the way, like my mindset, um, I owe it all candidly. I owe it all to hockey and, and growing up in the environment I grew up in. Um, you know, my dad's having a dad, that's a hall of fame hockey coach, like, things like discipline, things, things like, uh, teamwork, things like, you know, uh, always having a growth mindset, focusing on getting better every day. Those are all things that like were inherent in our, in my childhood, in my household, and obviously in the rink that we went to every day to, to, to skate at my dad's practices. So those things shaped who I am going into college. They shaped who I am going into the working world. They shaped you know, who I am today, uh, I would say all those, those life lessons and those mindsets that my dad kind of set around the culture in his locker room, I think uh, they, they leaked into the, the culture of our household as well and, and my own culture. Yeah, and, and that's, that's great. I mean, I, I hear, it's funny, like the, the last couple of podcasts, that, that was, you know, great, great information in there and nuggets about just you know, the DNA of an athlete and, uh, and the fact of having a coach father, I know I, I coached my son in sports, not at any kind of level near that, of course, but yeah, just the old, uh, like travel baseball, little league sports, but, um, it, it's, it's a great takeaway. And I would imagine that, um, and, and I've talked to a couple other hockey players on our podcast as well, just having to, you got to start like really early in the morning, don't you to get like ring time, but you have to get up at like four or five in the morning or more or earlier to get on the rink. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, uh, my dad's high school team skated every Monday at 6am. Um, you know, hockey's a unique sport. It's like swimming. There's only yeah. so many ranks. There's only so many pools, you know, you can't just easily go out there and it's expensive. So yeah, you fight for ice time and the younger you are, the earlier you play. So we spent a lot of time in those early morning rinks in New England, freezing our butts off. <laughs> I can imagine. So uh, when you were growing up, did you want to dream about being a professional athlete? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to play in the NHL 100%. That's, that's all I thought about. Yeah. That's why I always, I joke around it. I say, uh, you know, I wanted to be a major league baseball player, really loved it, but uh, unfortunately talent wasn't there. So I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we're, we're focused on, educating uh, athletes as they transition out of sports. It could be out of college, it could be out of professional sports. But um, when you were at Holy Cross, uh, was there any type of, aside from like just a one-day workshop, but was there uh, courses or education on that? And if not, maybe you could talk a little bit about today, if you know anything what they're doing today. 
Yeah, I think Holy Cross is is very well known for how helpful alumni are. Um, and they tell you that when they recruit you, they remind you of that while you're there. Um, but I would say like you're kind of left back then you were kind of left to your own uh, devices in, in terms of activating that alumni network. Um, in terms of career transition, no. I, I mean, the short answer is no, there, there wasn't a lot um, because Holy Cross is a, is a liberal arts institution. And the reality is, is there's no, like, unless you're going to be an accountant, a doctor, or a lawyer, there's really no, like, specific career track type courses that you can take at Holy Cross, like most liberal arts institutions. So guys like me that are, you know, sociology majors with minor in art history and sign language, there's not a, there's not like a clear path to go take. And, there, and there's really no curriculum to help you go find that path. Um, the only thing I would say is Holy Cross has, has done a better job since I left of formalizing that alumni connection. And it's, and, it's, and it's as simple as when you're on a team, you get a mentor now, right? So, um, and, that, and that's, that's a small thing, but ultimately, you know, the way the, the, way you put the school positions the relationship to that mentor is like, you need to help this kid think about life after hockey or life after football or life after lacrosse. Um, so at, at the very least, it's, it's a small, it's a small tweak, but that makes a huge difference if you get the right mentor. And if that's somebody who's willing to invest in you um, and I, you know, like I'm a mentor uh, and, and I spend a lot of time with my mentee talking about like how to think about that transition but there's no like additional curriculum. There's no like, there's no difference in the way they deliver, you know, access to companies or anything like that. It's, it's really still the same as it was when I was there, you know, 15 years ago. Now, as a mentor, are you mentoring specifically to the sport you're in or you could be mentoring like a baseball player or football player? Some, some of the teams let uh, like any Holy Cross alum be a mentor uh, for hockey. It's, it's all hockey players. So like I'm, I'm, I'm the uh, mentor of a hockey player on the team currently. Just like it, only like one at a time usually, or could you have more than one? Usually one at a time because okay. we have a, a ton of alumni compared to the number of student athletes on the team. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's a great program. I, I was talking to somebody else had a, a, a similar program to that. I think, um, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is, um, trying to put together some additional curriculum and workshops to um, become a partner of the school, so to speak, and, and uh, where it, uh, instead of coming individually, coming as a team. So it might be having financial advisor, mental health. It could be having career services, uh, organizations like yourself. It could be, you know, people in the NIL space, sales. But the idea is that to not only help the current athletes, but I think a lot of times a lot of my athletes get forgotten. And totally. so, you know, unless they're a star, like once they're out, they're out, unfortunately. And, yeah, so so we're trying to put together some ideas where we can go into schools and start doing something like this, maybe even to some of the leagues as well. So um, let, let's talk about, you, you kind of touched a little bit um, uh, while alumni engagement, but um, before we talk about that, I want to talk about networking and connecting. So um, talk about the importance of networking and connecting, especially while you're still playing. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's everything starts with a conversation. And as an athlete, as a student athlete, you have this unique this unique uh, opportunity where, you know, not to, not to be rude, but, but people care, right. right? Alumni care, boosters care, 
your your teammates parents like i don't think that's talked about enough like you know especially at a school like holy cross not every kid uh not every kid grew up the same way you did some people have like already come from like pretty successful families um i think networking is critical because you know if you're anything like me and and, and i think most athletes fall into this bucket which is they 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 don't know what's out there they don't know what what they might be good at they know they want to make a lot of money but they don't know what what some of the options are um the way that you answer all those questions is you talk to people you talk to alumni that went to your school you talk to the successful business people that are boosters around your your institution and you talk to your teammates um teammates uh parents like so that networking starts with conversation and building relationships it's it's what you're already doing you just have to kind of put the idea of like going and talking to a stranger in that in that context but i think it's the most critical thing you can do while you're still playing yeah i mean that that's great advice i mean i, I was talking to one agent and uh, he said a lot of the failure is that these athletes they play and they kind of have their blinders on. I get it, especially like some of these top tier athletes, let's say in you know, some of these major football programs, but still um, once they're out, they're like, okay, well let's go. And a lot of people are like, no, it's just not that easy. You don't just go out and, and this kind of funnels into what you do, but you, you can't just go out and get that hundred thousand dollar sales job by just, it's not going to just come on your lap. And so you, it's important, like you just said to, you know, still network while you're playing, while you're still um, relevant and, and the other thing you touched on too is uh, just with the coaches. I think it's important, and and, and to, you know maybe share a little more about this and just even doing it when you're younger, um, like when you're still in high school and you, and you talked about like the parents of you know teammates and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I wish I could say that I was like I was great at this, but I wasn't. Like, and that's and that's kind of my point is like you don't realize you're in, you're, you have this like massive opportunity because nobody's really put it into that context. Like I had a, a kid I played college hockey with, um, his father was one of the founders of Staples. Like he was one of their first like five employees at the company. And I had dinner with the guy a million times. You know, he came to our, our dorm and our, our hockey house a lot. And I loved him, I talked to him a lot, but we ne I never I never asked him any questions about like, you know, how did you, how did you start? Like, how did you get into that? Well, you know, what was, it was like, I knew he drove a nice car. I knew he lived in a nice house, but I never asked how, like why and how he got there. So I think like, you know, the best thing that a college can do for these kids is, is give them that context of life after sports and help them understand like these connections you're making right now, as, as important as what you learn in the classroom, what you're able to accomplish on the field, ultimately what you're paying for when you go to college is a piece of paper. And there's a bunch of other people that have that piece of paper in common with you. And they have it in common with you because their kids went there, they went there, or you know they, they, they live locally and they're big supporters of the institution because of that piece of paper. So you need to start thinking about the, these connections that you're making because that's that's what you're paying for. That's the gold that you get coming out of college and going and playing sports at a certain school. And I just, I didn't have that. Like, just to be honest with you, like I didn't, I, I understand it now looking back, right. Hindsight is 2020, but I wish I had that context going into my freshman year and thinking about the activating the network that I was basically paying for, for the next four years.
Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, that's great. I mean, I, you everything you hit on there because I mean, you think about like you know some of the Ivy League schools and the fraternities and sororities and how they really zone in on that. And just it's you know encouraging athletes out there. I mean, everybody in general, not just athletes, but uh, focusing on your transition out is just you know along the way, definitely you know look to network and connect with others and, and tap into that. And so um, from an alumni perspective and, and obviously alumni directly, we're all about alumni engagement and bringing people together. Um, talk a little bit about that. Like I, I know you mentioned from a mentor standpoint, but I guess when you were there and even now, is the school encouraging athletes to come back aside from the mentoring, but you know, for, and not just for like the, the events of like homecoming games and things like that, but more so to uh, really help the, help the current students and athletes. Yeah, Holy, Holy Cross specifically has the, the football team started this program called the 90 wide uh, program. And, and the reason they called it that is a couple of alumni got together and sent a note out to a bunch of other alumni and said, hey, you know, we want to put together basically this mentor mentee program and we want to know who would volunteer. You're going to help these kids as they go through their four years. You're going to help them think about their transition to corporate America, you know, and, and just, you know, be a, be a sounding board for them. And 90 people originally raised their hand to do it. And it's been really successful. It's part of the recruiting package for the football program at Holy Cross. So we brought that over to the hockey team, the lacrosse team, the baseball team. So that formalized 90 wide program, I think is, a, it's, it's, it's early, but it's made a huge difference. It's a huge part of the experience now as a Holy Cross student athlete, where you get this mentor. And, and I think like a good mentor is gonna like work with a kid and see the gaps between like where they can help them and where somebody else that they went to Holy Cross with can help them, right? Like my mentee two years ago was a big finance major and he wanted to go to Wall Street. I'm not a Wall Street guy, but I graduated with about a, a thousand Wall Street guys. so. You know, even though this kid was a finance guy who played on the hockey team, I connected him with a few of my buddies from that played lacrosse that was that were at Holy Cross when I was there, and I had him network with them and have conversations with them. So I think you know, as long as the mentor is thinking about their role correctly, then this is a this is a really good way to start that program. Um, but that's that's kind of where 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 it is right now today. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that, that's a, a great model. And I, I think, um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that a lot of schools are trying to go to that, uh, but Holy Cross is putting up a, a great thing with that. And like I said, yeah. I've heard a couple other schools doing that too. And I, I just hopefully more more people will realize that. And then, you know, like we've talked about too, is just uh, not just the current, but being that available for alumni athletes as well. So just because they're out of there doesn't mean they can't maybe get tapped in. And the other thing that you talked about, you mentioned there too, was uh, just the fact of, Sometimes it's not necessarily who the person is, but uh, who they might know as well. So JR is a perfect example, as he said, that you know, he didn't have that Wall Street background, but he knew people that did. So always be willing to talk people, talk to people, help people out as well, because uh, you just never know. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, I always talk about NIL and uh, name image likeness. And uh, we, we talked briefly offline, and this is an area that um, uh, you know comes naturally to you in that. So give me um, give me your thoughts, both uh, positive and negative. Oh, I, I think it's a very positive thing. I mean, I think like at the highest level, the Power Five um, and like the revenue generating sports in general, 
Um, I think it's a travesty that the NCAA had prevented people from making money off all the money that these schools and uh, and and the NCAA itself were making because off the hard work, off the you know the back of these student athletes. So, like at that level, th- this is the right the right direction to head. But I what I what I what I think people kind of forget sometimes is even in the smaller institutions um, and like, you know, the non like revenue generating sports, I think name image likeness is a really good opportunity for student athletes to build their resumes because ultimately what you're doing is you're, you're building a, a personal brand and it doesn't have to just be social media related, right? Like, you know, you could be a, the captain of a division three rowing, you know, organization, and you can leverage that and use your name image likeness to, you know, work with a business to, to do training, um, of younger people and get paid because you're, because you're the captain of a, of a, of a college sports team. So, and, and, and all those, all those like engagements that you can have, all those opportunities you can have to, um, to make money are also something that should end up on your resume. So you want to go work on wall street someday and you can go tell a story about how you spent the summers, um, you know, out of college playing the college lacrosse in the summers, you went out to youth organizations and, um, you sold, you sold training sessions to individual athletes. Like that's a story that, you know, because as athletes, we miss out on the internships, we miss out on the, the jobs during the season. Well, this is a way for you to continue to, to, to build your experience resume from a work perspective, because now you can get paid just because you're an athlete at a sport, at, at, a, at a school. So I, I, I think we only think of when we hear nil, most people are naturally thinking about the, you know, the starting quarterback in the SEC that's making a million dollars. But there's, there's an opportunity to make a significant amount of money, but also to develop a, a significant amount of experience. Um, for every single student athlete at every single school and every single sport. And that's really where I think it's exciting. Yeah, it is. That's You're right. That's the key. I mean, the, the experience that they get uh, just, you know, yeah, the money, you're right. The money with some of these athletes, the only, you know, the, the one drawback I I come across is, uh, or one of the drawbacks is, is just the lack of education. And I just think it's, um, you know, there's more people trying to do that now where, you know, starting at, like say that high school level, just understanding that, you have to pay taxes and you've got to do some of these different things that there was one story that I always talk about that I heard was kind of crazy. There was a guy, um, had like some kind of deal, it was a $40,000 deal and him and his buddies spent all the money. Uh, I mean, I, I can see that happening. Uh, but what was unfortunate about it is that, uh, the, that took his family thresholds income above to where that he also lost his, uh, his full ride in scholarship and that should never happen. And yeah. then that's where I think just having, some of these people out there just looking out for them and, and, it, and it ultimately whether it's the schools or other people they're working with, but I think that's really important. Yeah. hundred percent. That's a good point. Yeah. And, 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 and I do think, you know, the, the, it's so new, the, the school, yeah. the government, like people are still trying to figure out how, how, how to make this whole thing work. Um, so it's, it's, this is like, you know, first half, first inning of, of nil, yeah. it's going to continue to change rapidly. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, let, let's um, let's change gears now. And, you know, we're talking about the transition out of sports, but uh, this is something I haven't, you're going to be the, you're the rookie on this one. It's the first time I've brought this up in a podcast, but I like that someone else, you know, suggested. So give advice to JR as a freshman. Like what advice would you give? Like look, looking towards ultimately, you know, what you know today. And you always say that, right? Um, I would say, <laughs> um, I'd probably first tell them like, you know, it's college isn't just about the college experience. I was a, I was a little bit of a party animal. I've been sober now for 12 years. Um, so it took me a few years after I got out of school, but I, I, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to blow away everything you get done during the week just to just just to have a good weekend, right? Like you want to have fun. Don't get me wrong. That's right. college is all about fun. It's it's sure. really the last time in your life that you can have fun in that way. Um, but you've got to you've got to. I would tell them to approach it with balance, a little bit more balance than I did. Um, and I would also tell them to like have as many conversations with as many people as possible from like an alumni and a parent perspective. And I'd probably give them a list of questions to ask. What what do you do? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? And how'd you get to where you are? Those are the four questions that I would ask every single alumni I interacted with from freshman year on, every single parent I interacted with from freshman year on, every single booster I interacted with from freshman year on. And it would just be, in my brain, it would just be this collection of conversations that I could pull out of when I, when I needed to make the decision of what I wanted to do for work versus tripping and falling into something. Yeah, that, that, that's great. Then I'll, then we'll, we'll do one more. We'll say what advice after that, like what advice would you give to JR as a senior? Um, I would, I would say, <laughs> I'd probably tell him to, to, to get into sales like he did. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would, I would tell him to get into sales with intention. Like I kind of fought it. You know, I, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to be a sales guy. Like I went to Holy Cross. I don't, you know, I, I was like kind of like insecure about the fact that I wasn't going to law school or medical school or wall street. Um, but based off like what I, what I did and got done in my career, all my friends that went to medical school, law school and wall street, wish they took my path. So I would say, take the path you're going to take, but take it with intention. No, that, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, we could all see that JR is kind of shy, so I'm not sure how he got into sales. <laughs> so uh, let, let's talk about, um, in general now, talk about the transition out of sports. Um, you know, you, you've played sports your whole life, and we talked about just the grind of, you know, starting as a kid and going through the, all that. So now when sports were over for you, um, how was that transition for you? And then uh, maybe give some words of advice to other athletes. Yeah, I think, like, um, my transition was tough. A lot of hockey players deal with this, especially cause we all think we're going to play in the NHL someday. Um, and like, you know, you wake up one day and sports for me, hockey specifically was, was my entire purpose. It's, you know, what I, what I got out of bed for in the morning, it was my, it drove my passion, you know, it made it easy to practice. Like, you know, I had a plan and the, and then the plan didn't work. And that's what I struggled with was like, I had this thing that drove me. It was like, you know, again, what I thought of every morning when I woke up in the morning and then it was just gone and probably four or five years of like really struggling with my identity. Um, if I could go back to that, 
to that time. And, and for those that are going to go, you're all going to go through this. My advice would be to take a step back and do two things. Number one, separate your identity from the sport that you play and think about what your identity really is, right? Um, you're a good teammate, you're resilient, you're competitive, like write down all those things that make you, when you say I'm a football player, what do you mean by that? Write those things down in, in, in like plain English, because what you're going to find is those, those identifying marks that you, that, that you given yourself are going to be very relevant in whatever you decide to do next. So that's number one is like, do that self-discovery. Um, and then number two, once you do that self-discovery, then you need to think about, forget about the specific job, the specific career, the specific company, that stuff is secondary. First, you need to think about like, like what would, what would the perfect like life look like? What would your lifestyle be like? Do you want to go into the office every day? Do you want to make a lot of money? Is that really important to you? And if it is, are you willing to, to sacrifice some other things? Like, are you willing to work long hours or is it the other way around where you like, you really would prefer a lot of free time, but you, you've got to, you got to start thinking about the trade-offs you're willing to make. And the best way to do that is to really think about like, what's my ideal life look like. And then you can kind of backfill with the different career paths, the different jobs, the different companies where you can achieve that, that type of life. Because the, the last thing you want to do is design your life around your career. You, you really want to, design your career around the life that you want. And I think if you do that, it's going to, it's going to narrow your choices a little bit, right? Like I talk to a lot of kids that they tell me they want to make a lot of money, but they want to work in sports. And I'm like, all right, well, what do you think you can do in sports that you can make a lot of money doing that isn't playing professionally? You can go coach professionally, but guess what? That means you're going to go be a graduate assistant for like $18,000 a year for four years. And you got to live in a motel eight in like Florida and Texas recruiting. Like, so, you know, if making a lot of money is, is really important to you, you got to figure that out early and you've got to choose accordingly because then you're just going to be miserable. And, and, and you've got to start thinking about what those trade-offs are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's uh, there, there's a lot there. There's a, a lot of takeaways there in, in yeah. uh, what to do. So, you know, you went into sales, um, and then ultimately now you're uh, you know, the founder of your company, um, Shift Group. So talk about, um, I guess, talk about maybe, you know, going to sales and how that ultimately uh, started your journey to entrepreneurship. Well, I just, I just think like, you know, candidly, I do think that sales is the best fit for athletes because of the nature of the profession. There's a scoreboard, you're on a team, there's a depth chart. You get paid, you get rewarded according to your effort and your results. So for me, I recognized that very early on in my sales career that like, I'm not get, going in the locker room, getting dressed and getting on the ice anymore, but everything else is exactly the same. And I love that. And <laughs> it immediately brought back like a lot of the passion and purpose that I had as an athlete. So um, ultimately that that's the, the number one reason I started the company is because I struggled with the transition and, and I wish I just knew what I do now about sales. It just would have made that decision a lot easier. Um, the second reason I started the company is because I spent 16 years uh, in sales and sales leadership. 
and hiring salespeople is very, very hard. Sales has the highest attrition of every profession. It's about 40%. So every 10 people that, that start sales, four of them quit within the first year because it's not for them. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with what I just talked about. Number one, you have to collaborate with other people, people that aren't like you, that you might not like, just like you do in a locker room. Number two, you, there's, no, there's no gray area. It's black and white. You either win or you lose. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Number three is um, you're, you're going to be held accountable to high standards and expectations. And if you don't meet those standards and expectations, you're risking 50% of your compensation. That type of environment is really well suited for athletes. So our attrition rate when we place an athlete into a role is less than 5% because we believe, one, it's, it has a lot to do with their personality and their uh, intangible characteristics and mindset. But I think more importantly, it's because we've shown them how similar sports is to sales. Uh, and that's why companies love hiring from us. No, I'll tell you what, that's, that's awesome. I mean, uh, you're right. Just that whole thing. I mean, I think back to myself, I was a runner in high school and college and, and a lot of my personality being in, I was in sales for many years as well. is just, you know, being goal oriented, being driven, just, you know, just going through it. But then also to your point of being on team. And that's always how I felt throughout my sales career is just, it's all about teamwork. You know, it's not just the salesperson, it's the operations people, it's the manufacturing people, depending on what type of business you're in. So uh, a lot, lot, of, lot of good things there for sure. So um, now when when people um, uh, enter your program, is it like, first of all, I guess, well, we'll, we'll talk about how they find you, but like, how are you, how are you looking for them? Is it people that are athletes coming out of college? Is it athletes that are former professionals? Like what's the target here? It's anybody, anybody who played at least a year college sports and we serve the military as well. So if you've served, if you've served in the military or you played college sports or higher, um, you're, you're eligible for our program. Okay. And then how do they, how do they find it? Uh, just right on our website, shiftgroup.io, there's a, there's a tab, uh, for candidates, just go to whichever one's relevant for you. So you can be an athlete that that's done sales for 10 years and sign up with us. You can be somebody who's maybe was an athlete and was a teacher for a few years and you want to get into a different industry, or you can be coming right off the ice, um, looking for your first job, no matter what we can, we can help find the role. That's a good fit for you. Do people, is it you advertise like out through social media? Like how do you get out to people? Yeah, we, 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 we get people that come in, find us through Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we're just shift at, at shift athlete on, on all channels. Um, and, and then we, we partner with a lot of athletic organizations like major league soccer, you know, 60 plus athletic departments that we work closely with. Um, and we work with a couple of the prof the professional players associations as well. Yeah, that's, that's great. And uh, I mean, I'm pumped up, I'm ready to go. So like, I, I'm, I'm ready to sign. Oh, that's right. I already went through that, but <laughs> it, it, it's all good stuff. And I think, um, this has been great, JR. I mean, it's, uh, I think people should definitely seek out uh, shift group and try to, you know, it's um, there's a lot going on there. And, and, and I think encouraging too back to the alumni, cause I think a lot of times, you know, and I, how many, I guess that's another question just off of that would be how many people are coming to you after they've maybe been out for five or 10 years and just kind of lost and looking for uh, some kind of you know new, new direction. Huge, huge percentage, probably 40%. 40% of uh, the people who sign up for our program, this isn't their first job right out of sports or, or military service. So, you know, it's 
it's hard. The average person changes their career seven times, so it's normal. Um, but but we're definitely built for those types of people as well. Good, good deal. Well, again, this has been a uh, great. Uh, how did how do people find you besides the website? Uh, they can follow me on LinkedIn, just Jr. Butler. I'm a, I'm a good LinkedIn follow. I like to chair people, so you're going to get a good laugh if you can follow me. <laughs> That's good. Well, we def- definitely make sure to do that. And then you can you can find us at alumnidirect.com and uh, the podcast you can find on our Alumni Direct YouTube channel as well across all the different podcast networks and really encouraging people to listen to it, follow it. Uh, there's so many great uh, stories that we've had. Uh, JR is a perfect example here of just uh, the wealth of knowledge and just things, the advice that uh, these guests can give out to other people. We, we, we need to make an impact in, this, uh, in these issues with uh, athletes transitioning out of sports. And it starts with uh, people like JR and, and his company. So uh, JR, thanks again. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you too. Thank you very much for having me, Rob. Uh, It's been a pleasure.